Hey guys, this is Kenzie from Dead Men Don't Podcast, and it is another solo episode with your girl. <laughs> and we did talk about last week, or not last week, the last episode, we were going to do The Lighthouse, which is Adara's favorite place, even though she hasn't been there yet. Unfortunately, that didn't work out. I am solo this week because Adara is a drowning in essays. She's in her last year of her program, so it's getting kind of hectic for her. So I thought I would just go in and talk about one of my interests, which is, and I'm sure it's her interest as well, but the interest of children seeing ghosts versus adults and how it seems that children can see more than you or I can. So you know how Adara does most of the research in this episode? Uh, mine's not going to be as research-based. I did do a little research so you guys can have a little background knowledge, but mostly I'm going to talk about or read some stories after I had posted on a Reddit thread, or posted a Reddit post and got, uh, how many comments did I get? I got 57 comments, which is amazing. So great. I was not expecting it at all. And I'm going to read some of these stories. Unfortunately, I'm not going to get to all the stories. I'll try to put in as many as possible. Everyone's story is valid in this. I think it's amazing how much time and effort you guys put into describing what's happened to you. But I'll try and put in as much as I can. And then next week, we're going to expand the episode. So I'll talk a little bit about stories when I was a kid. Adair will talk about stories when she was a kid. Um, Probably her brother and my little brother as well. So... (laughs) We got a whole bunch of little uh, interviews for you next week, but this week I thought I would read some of these stories because honestly, they're pretty scary. (laughs) And unfortunately, I'm very busy during the day, so I would go to check out these stories and I would be reading them in bed at night and it was such a bad idea because I got so scared to the point where I was laying on my side and I wouldn't turn around to look at the rest of the darkness of the room because I just couldn't. <laughs> like it was just it was just like when you're a kid and you put the blanket over your head and you're just like no no I don't want I don't want to see anything. But before I get into that I'm going to do some read some of the research that I had done, which is about a page. <laughs> kind of a little... No, you know what? It's good research, and it's good to give you good background knowledge. Um, next week, Adair will probably show, share a lot more than I have. So I will go into babies first, and then I'll talk about children. Um, so this is from iHeartRadio.ca. Infants have a sort of super sight. We lose it by eight months because our brains learn what differences are important to notice. So babies can notice things more than adults can. They live on kind of their own brainwave. Their brains see and hear things that they understand. And their minds are innocent. They have their own perceptions, which allows them to talk to imaginary friends. And they aren't forced to believe a certain concept over another until a parent teaches them what is right and what is wrong. So that's kind of the theory as to if you'd ever seen, I don't know, horror movies or, well, I guess horror movies is a bad idea. Certain other ghost experiences, you see a child looking up into thin air and laughing and doing that thing. It's thought that maybe they're seeing a spirit um, that we can't see ourselves because we don't have the sort of quote unquote super sight that they have. So that is babies. And then to go into children. So the theories come from sofeminine.co.uk, which is basically a woman's website. Um, parenting, entertainment, beauty, whatever. 
In the parenting section, they have an article on what parents should do if a child claims they're seeing something that the adult does not see, which is ghosts, and what they need to know, and kind of some background knowledge on it. And they have some theories as well as to why children would see it more than adults can. So theory one, some people believe that we're all born with the ability to connect with the other side. We haven't been conditioned to ignore what society deems impossible. The result of this paranormal ability is that young kids allow themselves to see things that adults might not. Sadly, as we grow up and we become more cynical and disbelieving of things unknown, that ability disappears. Okay, so there is a the theory too is a biological theory that is a lot more convincing for any people who are convinced more by scientific terms. Let's get into it. Adult humans can only see 400 nm, and I had to look up what nm meant. That's how pathetic it is, but it's nanometers. <laughs> so adult, adult humans can see only 400 nanometers to 700 nanometers on the electromagnetic spectrum. UVA light falls just below visible light at 400 to 315 nanometers. Infrared light falls just above at 750 nanometers to 1 mm. So in layman's terms, that means what you're able to see of this world is quite limited. You can't see everything that shows up. Young kids can see things at 380 nanometers, so that puts them right in the middle of the UV range. And many paranormal experts believe that ghosts like to be in the UV and infrared ranges so that humans can't detect them. So though a child can see more than adult humans can, it is believed that that is why they can see ghosts. And then the third theory is a little, is a little bit different. It's a little bit more spiritual. You know, it's kind of, it's, it's kind of convincing to me. I, I believe the first two make more sense, but I think the third theory also has some merit as well. So the third theory is, the third theory is that since young babies only left the spirit world weeks before. They're naturally more in tune to seeing ghostly visitors cross into their new world. So what, what this theory is saying is that we are all spirits, and when we are born, the spirit is, is new. It's being put into a new body, it's left the spirit realms very recently, and it's basically saying that since it's left so recently, babies can see spirits more than adults, because as adults mature, they're farther away from when they left the spirit realm, so it just means that they can't see as much as a a young child or a baby could. So that is all the research I did for the beginning, just just to give you some context of of maybe why kids can see more than adults. Um, And and now I'm going to get into the stories because there is so many, (laughs) and I can't wait to share them with you because they really freaked me out, and some of them I see a lot of of myself and and what I saw when I was a kid. So um, I thought I would share them with you today. But we got an email from one of the Reddit users. He would like to remain anonymous, which is totally fine. I am going to read some of his story because unfortunately it is very long and I want to get to everyone else's. So I'll read the part of when he was a kid and then in later episodes I'll talk about his more uh, adult experiences because those really deserve to be shared as well. So let's start with the beginning of this one. And I'm going to cue the creepy music as well. (laughs) So the first time I remember seeing a ghost, I was probably 9 to 10 years old, living in a small house in western Illinois. 
My mom has this gift as well, but hers are far more frequent frequent than mine. Oh, very similar to me. (laughs) So this first story sounds like something out of a movie. I was laying in bed and I would hear giggling from a little girl. Oh God. (laughs) I just gotta have to stop for a second because that's probably my... That is so terrifying to me. I think that's worse than seeing like an adult ghost that's just... I don't know, just something about kid ghosts is just not my thing. I heard it quite a few times over the years, but thought we had neighbors or my parents were watching movies. Nope. This little girl appears out of nowhere, standing about two feet from me. If I was an artist 20 years later, I could still draw her face. Pale white, red curly hair about shoulder length. Blue bow in her hair tied on top, a little off-centered. She had a yellow dress on, very old-timey look to it. I thought maybe a kid snuck in, but I didn't say anything. I heard the giggle, and that's what woke me up. She didn't smile, but she just looked at me for a few seconds and skipped, literally skipped, into my bedroom closet. I had a small bedroom, but a really big walk-in closet for some reason. Weird kid, I know. So the little girl skips into the closet. I just wait to see if she comes out, but it wasn't her. It was some older man, late 50s, early 60s, if I had to guess. Skinny, long face, jean overalls, plain long sleeve shirt under it. He came close and leaned over my bed and made this odd open mouth grin, showed me his yellow and chipped teeth, leaned back and walked back into the closet. I hid my head under the covers that night. I told my mom about it some years later, probably early teens. She had seen the girl in our hallways before, always skipping, but never saw the man. That's when she told me her stories about growing up different things she's seen okay so that (laughs) that was one of them another another one of them the ghost leaning over the bed what is that you know I really gotta do some research into that as to why they feel the need to go and lean over your bed it's not cool (laughs) I mean if I the thing is, is I'm so naive I have no idea what that's like and I don't want to know. I've never had sleep paralysis. I have never experienced something leaning over the bed and looking at me. It's never happened to me and I don't know if I'm strong enough. (laughs) So um, I'm just going to move on to the next story. Hopefully I don't get freaked out by these. We're going to go to the top comment in this. It is by no, no, look, oh, Nolly Nostalgia. Okay, I'm going with Nolly Nostalgia. If this is you listening to the podcast, Nolly Nostalgia, you can correct me. I'm super sorry. I'm not very good at pronouncing names. So this one is a little bit of a longer one, but totally worth it. I lived in a haunted house in Chicago, and my whole entire family agrees. Some history on the home, it was built in 1928. A father of two hung himself in the basement in the 70s. That's all the history I could find out. It's a six-bedroom, three-bathroom, beautiful home. I was five, and this was before my parents split. Anyways, I have several instances of paranormal activity as a child, right down to seeing not one, but two ghosts. The first instance we knew something was wrong was the basement door would creak open every night just a crack. Oh my god. (laughs) Were they leaving it open? And it would creak, would you close the door and it was open? I would just leave it closed, but if it's opening the door, that's just even more freaky. After weeks of this happening, my big sister and I were too scared to sleep in there, so we switched bedrooms. 
My mom set up an art room in there, and it solved the problem until I saw the man. She was working on her crappy tree paintings. <laughs> oh, man. Butchered. <laughs> Jeez. And I was in the room with her playing with Barbies when I noticed a man in a suit leaning against the basement door, just staring at my mom. As a child, I'm like, who's the creepy guy? So I tell my mom, and she turned around and let out a scream and scared the shit out of me. We literally never used the room again. Wait, so did your mom see it? This is interesting. I, I should really... Did I respond? Oh, I did respond to this. Um, I'll do another response and ask if the mom actually saw it. Because that's kind of dramatic if the kid's like, who's the creepy guy? And she turns and just starts screaming instead of saying, what do you mean? <laughs> kind of thing. So... Maybe she saw it. That would be very interesting. The next thing is a little embarrassing, but was also recently discovered and super creepy. So my sister and I always shared a room by choice. We also wet the bed every night and they slept on plastic covers. It was hell. So talking to my sister the other day about when we were younger, if she remembers the bedwetting and how it stopped as soon as we moved. And she was like, yeah, I finally stopped having the nightmare. So it turns out we were both having the same dream, different demon, and I was being chased by a bear and her a vampire, but both of us chased in a maze by monsters which resulted in bedwetting. So there was this small wooden room with a tiny door upstairs, and in that room was the, was the door, a regular-sized door to the attic. So there was a small room with a tiny door and then a regular door after. Okay, that's really, that's very Coraline like <laughs> anyway um we made that room our playroom since it was kind of a secret well the room would shake horribly and move our toys around and the door to the attic had like 16 locks on it so we never touched it and neither did our parents so not as big of a deal but still a creepy room last one if you stuck with me there was a little girl whom my mom always referred to as my imaginary friend olive but she was super real and most likely a ghost. I would draw with her, have tea parties, play babies, and read books. She wore a green jumper, was blonde, and probably about four or five. I know it sounds crazy, but I swear that girl was there. And when we moved six months later, I never talked to Olive or mentioned her again. Last thing, this house had been sold 13 times in 20 years, even turned into apartments once only to be renovated back and sold again. I went to an open house once I was 22. They hadn't updated much, as it was a beautiful house. The tiny door was drywalled over like it never existed. So that's my experience from when I was five living in a super creepy house. Wow. I mean, <laughs> that's the kicker here. Basically saying that the house was sold 13 times in 20 years. That's excessive. You know that something's going on there. The people can't stick around. This kind of starts the theme of kids having, you know, these quote-unquote imaginary friends that aren't so imaginary, you know. Um, so we will move on to the next one. This is by DRK underscore 33 or Dirk underscore 33. When I was about 12, I woke up and turned to the bedroom doorway to see a tall woman. She looked similar to my mom. There's people walking upstairs. <laughs> I do live in a basement apartment just like Adara. <laughs> Oh, yes, I remember this story. I read it and commented back. This one was very interesting. Um, so when I was 12, I woke up and turned to the bedroom doorway to see a tall woman who looked similar to my mom. I could see her very clearly, but she seemed to be black and white like an old movie. By the time my brain could make a sense of anything, she was gone. The next morning, I asked my mom if she was by the door, 
of my room last night. She said no. I told her I saw a lady who looked just like her. My mom very casually told me that it was probably my Aunt May, and she just wanted to say hi because she never got to meet me. I love how the mom is so casual. Like, has she seen Aunt May before? She's just like, oh, it's just my sister. Like, <laughs> well, I guess, yeah, if you're a kid, she's probably going to try and make it not seem very scary, you know. Um, but anyway, Aunt May died in a car accident many years later before I was born, but always told my mom she couldn't wait for her to have kids so she could see them. When I saw my older brother later that day, I told him what happened. To my surprise, he started describing the woman before I could, because the same thing happened to him when he was my age. We woke up to get a drink of water, and while at the sink, felt a tap on his shoulder. When he turned, the woman who looked like my mom in black and white was standing by the door. A few years later, my cousin came to move into the front apartment of the same building with her daughter, who was around three years old. One day, my cousin mentioned her daughter was in her room, alone talking to someone. When asked who she was talking to, her daughter said, Auntie Mill. Auntie Mill is what they call my mom, so I'm guessing Aunt May, who again looked like my mom, who was also saying hi to my little cousin. Not too many years ago, my brother and I finally got to see pictures of Aunt May. It was a group photo, but we both recognized her without any help. It was only a flash of a second, but that image of her is still very much in our memory from when we were kids. The question I still have is if her untimely death was the reason we saw her. The house has been in our family for a hundred years, and several family members have passed of old age there, but she's the only one who has ever shown herself to us. Hopefully getting to see us and saying hi allowed her to move on to whatever is after this. And yes, I did uh, respond to this one. This one was really interesting because it re it reminded me a lot of loved ones passing away and wanting to see the people before they leave or sticking around so they can see the kids. I'll just I'll just say my response. Very interesting that she appeared to all his children. Yes, I do believe, and maybe the way she died made her stick around longer. And the fact that she seemed to love children made her show herself to you at that age. Oh yeah, this one. <laughs> oh yeah, this one freaked me out. This this one I was reading at maybe eleven thirty p.m. And this one's uh, kind of more of a monster esque kind of thing, not really a spirit, I would say. Um, so this one is from John Wick's doggo. Oh, I love that name. <laughs> so here's the story. I used to see what I believe were demons between the years of seven and eleven ish. My family and I lived in this one house where most of the activity occurred. From my bedroom, I could see into my parents' room, and occasionally, when I would look into their room while lying in bed, in their room there was a mirror, and at nighttime, when their room was dark, there would be various sets of red eyes in the mirror looking back at me. They would even blink like people. It was strange, but I never really felt threatened. At first, until one random day, when the scariest shit I had ever seen in my life happened. Yeah, this is where it freaked me out, guys, so... Hold on. <laughs> I was walking down the hallway to go find my dad, and once I got to the end of the hall, I looked to the left into my brother's room, and standing slash floating there was a big, pitch-black figure with six horns and two glowing red eyes, and it didn't seem pleased that I saw it because it rushed towards me. I about pissed myself, <laughs> and my adrenaline kicked in, and I ran the other way, screaming and crying for my mom. Nothing else came out of the hallway after me. It just wanted to scare me. I never saw it again after that. I don't see things like that anymore. 
I have always wondered why children are more susceptible to seeing and hearing supernatural phenomena. Yeah, that's, that's for the fact that six horns is excessive. I mean, you can't just go with the standard two horn. Like, why? I don't understand. And the rushing, why? It seems that whatever it was, it was just trying to scare them. And the thing is, my response is that what I have learned is that demons can take whatever form they want to. So they can be a little girl, they can be a monster, they can be, you know, whatever they want to get a reaction out of somebody. So from my own experience, I found that demons are attracted to extreme emotions and fear. And they kind of feed off it. And so this, this is what makes kids kind of the perfect target for them. I probably would have passed out if I saw what you saw. I'm glad he doesn't see these things anymore because I'd recommend some serious smudging. I'm just, like, not a fan of that story. This one, this one was interesting, linked with some of the theories that I mentioned earlier. So, so this is from Shelley AC. I think we are all susceptible to hearing and seeing things equally, but the more children hear, that was just a dream, nightmare, no, there's not a monster in the closet under your bed, the more children believe it wasn't real until they can completely block it out. I don't remember seeing anything until I got a dog. I had to move back into my parents' older creepy house temporarily with my street dog. My street dog. (laughs) Creepy older house temporarily with my sweet dog and started paying attention to her when she would perk her ears up and stare in a direction, etc. Until one night I woke up to her growling, her hair on end, staring towards my closet. I rolled over and sure enough my granddad was standing there. He died when I was two. Didn't see him again until about two years ago when I found out that I was pregnant. And it's a once a week thing for me to see him in my house now and I always yell, Clyde, go back to sleep. We are fine in here. It terrifies my husband and I get a good laugh. Wow. (laughs) See that? That also ties into like, you know, the family, like the loving family connection that ghosts want to experience and, and see their loved ones that are still alive even though they've passed on and see how they're doing and just checking in, you know? You guys went really detailed in these stories. I'm I'm really impressed. Let's do another long one. This is by Horitaku. Horitaku? I'm going to say Horitaku. That sounds pretty. That sounds pretty legit. I basically grew up at my grandparents' house with my little cousin. I'll call her Mew. Oh, this story. I remember this story. I read this one. I basically grew up at my grandparents' house with my little cousin. I'll call her Mew. The house was built in 1905 or something like that, and originally it was just the upstairs, the kitchen and an outhouse in the back, and a barn out front. Fifty years or so ago, after it was built, the bathroom slash laundry, living room, and second bedroom were added. Mew, who was three years older than me and was about three to four at the time, came running out of the bathroom to where I was in the kitchen and said she saw a man in the mirror. I went in there as fast as I could, thinking I'd see a man in there just as she said, but there was no one. So I asked her what she, what he looked like, and she said, like the KFC man in gray. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I like that comparison. <laughs> Same age, but not sure how long after that, but I was in the living room area, looking out one of the windows, and viewed over the side yard, and I saw an older man in a gray uniform, hands in his pockets, with a white goatee, walking towards the barn in a pleasant manner, like he was enjoying the property, clear as day. Okay, well, so she was pretty accurate with the KFC uh, comparison. <laughs> uh, 
My first ghost experience, I was again at my grandparents' house. I know I was three, so I was the only grandbaby at the time. My grandma had a waterbed and a TV with a VCR in front of that, and I've always watched Disney movies or Jurassic Park on it. Yes, VCRs! <laughs> well, I believe I was watching Aladdin, and I remember my grandma explicitly telling me at the beginning of the movie that she was going to work in the garden and not jump on the bed. I, of course, didn't listen and started jumping all over the waterbed. Wow, you little shit. No, no, I'm just kidding. You're just a kid. <laughs> While my back was turned to the TV, I felt a sharp rapping on my shoulder and looked to see if my grandma had caught me. She caught me all right, but it wasn't the grandma I was expecting. She had short, curled, salt and pepper hair, an apron with deep pockets, thick horn-rimmed glasses, and her clothes looked like she sewed them herself, including the apron. <laughs> okay. <laughs> she looked angry, but her hands put her hands on her hips and said, didn't your grandma tell you not to jump on that bed? I didn't know who she was and I was told not to talk to strangers. So I ran scared to my grandma and told her who I saw. She told me back, she took me back to the bedroom. No one was there and she pulled out a photo album. She flipped to a page with a black and white photo of an older woman and asked if that's who I saw. And naturally I replied, yes. My grandma looked spooked and told me, that's your great grandma, a Louise, and she died about six months after you were born. She's just looking out for you. So yeah, it's another kind of familial thing. It seems that like that happens with like a lot of children that the older adults that had passed away um, are kind of looking after them and, and seeing how they're doing. And I find that really sweet. So this is the last story from the same person. Last story was at my parents' place. Awful little town. <laughs> oldish houses although I don't think this has to do with the house or location okay <laughs> I had a sister who passed away before I was born she was a baby when she passed but it seems like after she passed I was seven and I was sleeping in the top bunk of my bunk bed around midnight or so near to her birthday I felt a slap on my shoulder that woke me up it was that distinct floppy kind of slap from baby hands when I rolled over, I saw a wisp. My mirror immediately got freaked out and bolted for my mom and dad's room. I shook my mom awake and said, Mom, Cassie is here. I didn't know for sure that it was her, but I was still 100% sure. My mom said I had a muscle spasm and that I needed to go back to bed. See, this is, this is the thing, you know? The kids see or say, like, I saw this. I saw Cassie. I saw my sister. Like, I saw... This and the the parent kind of discredits it and says, no, you just had a muscle spasm, like something totally normal that everyone has. And, you know, as you get older, you start to ignore all the things that you think you saw and just be like, no, it was just a spasm. No, it was just a trick of the light. No, it was this and this and this. Um, but anyway, the end of the story says, when I asked her about it again when I was 14, she said she actually believed me that night, but she needed me to go back to bed. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that That's me. That's something I'd be like, oh my God, just leave. Just go back to bed. Okay. So this is from <laughs> Scumfederate. <laughs> I love Reddit usernames. Okay. So I had quite a few. One of my clearest actually happened around Thanksgiving when I was about eight years old. So she's, or he's 26 currently. My family and cousins all gather at my grandparents' house every year for Thanksgiving. At that time, my aunt and uncle were lucky ones to get six of us kids sleeping in their room on the floor. I was sleeping on the end of the row of kids swished against the bedroom door. Ooh. 
My grandparents lived in an isolated cattle ranch in rural Idaho, so there's no light pollution to break up the darkness at night. I remember as a kid, we used to play how close can you get your hand to your face before you hit yourself before going to bed. <laughs> Sounds like a fun game I kind of want to try. <laughs> anyway, the night before Thanksgiving, I woke up and couldn't go back to sleep. I was laying there, staring into the darkness, when all of a sudden I noticed a girl walking across the opposite side of the room. I didn't recognize her, and she seemed to come from nowhere. She was also very bright. I could see my cousins asleep as she walked past them. She wore a long dress with long sleeves and buttons. Her feet were maybe four to six inches off the ground. I could see every detail of her face and hair. She seemed maybe a young teenager, 13 to 15 years old. Her facial expression scared me stiff. A complete blank face with only sockets where the eyes should have been. Oh my god, why? Why no eyes? That's, ugh. Okay, I'll continue. <laughs> I remember holding my breath and keeping absolutely still. I didn't want her to notice me. After what felt like forever, she made it to the rear wall of the bedroom. We were all sleeping against the rear wall. God. Okay, so she was getting closer. <laughs> okay. She reached the built-in bookcase when suddenly a door opened from where the bookcase was. It was as bright as she was, and an extremely bright light poured out of the door. I couldn't see what was on the other side, but it was enough to cast the whole room into light. She put her hand on the door, and just before she stepped through, she looked straight across my sleeping cousins and right at me. I thought my heart would stop. After a brief pause, she walked through the door, it closed after her, and the room was dark again. I was too afraid she'd hear me if I woke anyone up, and I had a strict rule to not scare my cousins. I saw a lot of spirits growing up, so I hid in my sleeping bag until I fell asleep. The next morning was Thanksgiving, so the incident didn't cross my mind until it was nearly time for bed. I told my parents and aunt and uncle what I had seen. They told me I was dreaming, but I had so much detail that my parents actually came back to the room with me to inspect the bookcase. My grandfather followed us, too, quietly. He listened to me tell my mom where I'd seen her exactly, and where she'd disappeared to. My mom tried again to tell me it must have been a dream when my grandfather interjected. There was a door behind that bookcase. They'd covered it up long before my dad was born, and hadn't thought of it since. Anyway, everyone believes me now, and it still scares my cousins to this day. What I thought really interesting about this one is that this time the adults really believe them, because... <laughs> This kid was the only one that knew, besides the grandfather, that there was this door here, or used to be a door there. Oh yes, I did ask the question. Uh, I did respond to this one, and, and I said, it makes me wonder what used to be in there. And they responded to me saying, he told me they were French doors, so I think they just opened to the other bedrooms, but I could be wrong. I know they redid that portion of the house, and some of the rooms are completely different now. Example, the bathroom was the kitchen at one point. I'll have to ask him. Oh, very interesting. So it used to be a different house, like a different layout. So she could be going around in her in her version of what the house used to be. Okay, we're going to do a couple more because we're kind of get getting to the end of this episode. And I will definitely try and share the rest in uh, future episodes to come, especially next week. So this one is from Superstar Skippy. My grandparents' house was haunted. My grandma died a few months after moving into. I was almost two at the time. When I would stay over, the rocking chair in the bedroom would start moving. She would sit with me, 
in it when I was a baby, but the thing I remember most was how afraid of the attic I was. You could hear people walking around up there, even when there was no one but my grandpa and I. We had He had his leg amputated when I was five, so I knew it was never him. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, I shouldn't be laughing. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh, wow. Okay, yeah, so obviously the footsteps are going to be your grandpa. Okay, uh, about the age of four, I remember being in the kitchen, and I saw this man walk into the kitchen and wave at me, and then proceed to walk through the wall. The steps going into the attic were located in the kitchen behind a door. Another time, I was walking, I was watching TV with my grandpa, and I heard a loud bang as if someone had fallen in the other room. The air visibly changed, and the walking upstairs became somewhat frantic. Oh god, oh no no no, I don't like that. I remember saying to my grandpa that grandmom was coming back for us. In the attic itself, I could see balls of light moving around and shadows, lots of shadows, walking around. The feeling of someone touching you. My aunt, who saw spirits all her life, used to say his house was a portal to the other side. I saw my grandpa after he died in the house, about a year later. My mom was trying to get rid of his stuff so she could sell the house, and I was in his bedroom, and the only things left were the wheelchair he died in, and a mirror. Oh my gosh, it's like a horror movie. Okay, I was looking in the mirror, and he was behind me, sitting in his wheelchair, waving to me. Ran out of the house, and I wouldn't go back. I was 11 at this time. Still can't go anywhere near the, his house now. Wow. With the whole portal thing, which can happen um, with different, as we as we've talked about before, that... You can create portals in your house, I believe, through uh, Ouija boards and other things like that. So it'd be interesting to know what how that could have been created. And there's also the uh, ley lines, I think. Yeah, this is what we talk about, ley lines. Yeah, but spiritual crossing lines and at the cross of these lines is known to be places that are haunted. So sometimes houses that sit on these supposed ley lines are... That's the reason why they get multiple ghosts at a time. This is the last one I'm going to read today. Hopefully you guys enjoy these. So this is my last one from SpiceCat318. Like your name. I did. My parents' house was, and still is, pretty dang haunted. I was around seven or eight when this happened. I woke up in the middle of the night and saw a figure in the corner of my room. It was human-shaped, but I couldn't see actual details, and it was cloudy gray, Okay. Okay, Miss Thing. <laughs> this is something I've seen almost exactly. Okay. I could only make out a head and the shoulders. Okay, I've seen... Okay, well, I've seen the whole body, but yeah, that's very similar. It wasn't glowing, but it was bright, hard to explain, and it wasn't transparent. It stood still, and I thought maybe my eyes were playing tricks on me because I was still sleepy. I closed my eyes, opened them, and it was still there. I did a few times, however. By now, it had started to move across the room towards my bed. Yep, same. Same. This is, oh my gosh, this is like almost the same experience. Okay. It was moving slowly and had a side-to-side -side sway, but kid me was still convinced my eyes were just seeing things. So there I was, just opening and closing my eyes. It wasn't until it was nearly right next to my bed that I thought maybe something wasn't right and I needed to do something other than blink. I bolted out of my bed and actually went straight through the thing. Here's what I remember. There was no temperature difference when I went through it. It didn't sense anything. I do vividly remember that as I ran to my lamp, it looked like television fuzz. I saw particles of grayish white light just shooting around chaotically. I turned on my lamp and it was gone. I never slept with my door closed after that, 
but that kind of led to another creepy issue. I'd hear slow footsteps walking up and down the hallway all night while everyone was very much asleep. I'm really surprised how I got used to it and actually slept like that for years. I'm glad I don't live there anymore, but my parents still live in that house and still experience very creepy stuff to this day. Thanks for reading. Thing is that I'll get it. I'll get into that more next week, but that is very similar to something that I had for a number of years, like almost every day for a number of years. So that's very interesting that someone almost had the exact same experience as me. Anyway, guys, that is the end of this episode of me being by myself. I'm sorry that Adair is not here, but. Also, I am happy that I was able to produce something for you guys. Next week, it'll be a lot more in-depth as to why this goes on. Hopefully, you got a little bit of an idea with the theories I mentioned before um, and the stories that we have. So many stories, and I can't wait to read more of them. They're so interesting. So I will see you in two weeks in the next episode where we share more stories. We share our own personal stories when you were kids, when we were kids. And I can't wait to share that with you guys. So uh, stay spooky and happy Christmas. <laughs> I'm, in a, I'm in a major Christmas mood right now. So yeah, get in the Christmas mood with me. Oh, maybe we should do like a, oh my gosh, Christmas Carol. Something like that. Three ghosts, Christmas, present, past, future. Let's do this. <laughs> okay, anyway, <laughs> bye guys. Dead Mind Don't Podcast is hosted by us, Adara and Kenzie. Original music has been provided by Ethan Reed. Find us on social media at Dead Men Don't Pod on Twitter, at Dead Men Don't Podcast on Instagram, Dead Men Don't Podcast on Facebook, and email us at deadmendontpodcast at gmail.com. You can follow our composer, Ethan, on Instagram at, at Ethan A. Reed. Find all of these links and more in the description. Thanks for listening.